Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 35 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live, and that rhymes all the times. I'm joined by none other than my mainest man, Willie Sailor. Willie, we are back in our respective hometowns. I am back in Virginia. You are nestled away uh, in Austin, Texas. I am not from Texas. Well, you know, you, you do live there now. You pay rent in Texas. I know you're never going to um, release your PA roots, as I would never uh, release mine from Virginia, but you are from Texas. And we just spent, I just spent a, a week and a half gone, which is a long time for me. I left Monday, I guess, a, yeah, almost a week and a half. We'll round up for dramatic purposes. Spent a week in Vegas, then came home, did a load of laundry, and flew out to Texas for some meetings, which we had, so... Um, we're kind of working back into the groove here, and we've been, uh, I'll speak for Willie, pretty bummed that we weren't able to work out a time to do this show, but it was just, it was not possible um, in any way, because if it was possible in any way, we would have done it, I, I promise you. Yeah, it's you. like our favorite thing ever. This is our favorite thing to do. So we would have done it if we could have. Um, this is a long time coming. But we've got so much to get into for, from, from the U.S. Open and UWW Juniors and all the stuff that went on there and what was a, was a great week away, um, a great week of yeah, wrestling. we could do like four episodes. We could do like four episodes, four to five, uh, six-hour uh, shows. But we're going to keep it at an hour today, and uh, we think we're going to run it back tomorrow. So get excited about that. Run it back. Run it back. Because hey, did you see Nate, Nate Dogg and Logie throw out the first pitch? I saw that they did, and I saw that the uh, pitcher went on to like throw a near no-no. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I did not get to see the footage of the uh, of them throwing the pitch. Did I you? did. How yeah. did they bounce it? No, they didn't bounce it. They made it on the fly. But uh, was is Nate? It was it was uh, how did Thomas Ellis left-handed uh, throw look? 
Well, it wasn't too direct, you know. It was like kind of a, lo a lollipop. Yeah, but you but, gotta uh, get the main thing is you gotta get it there. I know with so many bad with so many bad opening uh, pitches, first pitches. It, now it's like nervous when you, people must be nervous. I don't, don't want to mess up. I honestly, uh, and I'm not a very athletic person. I've never understood, like you, you can't throw it. It's not like they rarely throw it from the mound, and even if you did throw it from the mound. It's not like it's far. It's it's far to pitch it like directly. No idea why it's difficult. I'm like, I, no idea I watch it and I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, there's people watching, but at some point, it's, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, don't people just grow up throwing a baseball? I'm not even a. I played baseball when I was really young and terrible, but I know how, the basic. You have to know how to throw things like to get through life. I mean, how are these people not ridiculed <laughs> their entire life in PE class? I mean, don't you play battle ball? I just never, I've never understood, and it doesn't surprise me one bit that that Thomas Owen Logan did a good job, and I will never be cease to be stunned when people can't just do the the first throw, the the pitch. I mean, it's not it's not really an athletic feat. Right, right. So yeah, okay. So you throw out the first pitch. I I'd love to, please. Um, Baltimore Orioles, hook 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 me up. I'm ready to deliver. Um, no, I mean, throw out the first pitch here into wrestling talk. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, I will. So, shoot, there's a lot of different ways to go. But you know what? It's Let's get with what's in our wheelhouse. Harping on officiating. Oh, we um, love it. I, I love it. And I, I will never stop because, well, maybe I will. Uh, I hope to live in the world where I do stop because that will mean um, it has gotten to a, a decent level. But I had some moments where I was completely aghast. And let me say something. Before I get into that, a year ago at the U.S. Open, my protestations were uh, – they tried to silence me from getting on the officials when they were out of bounds and terrible. The powers that be got word to me, hey, get piles to quit it with it. But I'm not going to. Because no. I feel like it's it's my responsibility, and um, I was to the man piles. I'm not. Uh, I will not. I I may have, um, and I I can admit this. You know what? They the I was a little earlier in my career, and I was a little more cautious. But never again. Um, and so I I didn't hold back, and I never will again. Um, from what is terrible officiating, and I don't call out subjectivity i don't call out uh borderline no. i don't I, that's I know, not right? what i get wrapped up in i don't get wrapped up in the borderline the right. the, the Listen, close there's, calls there's people complaining and see people complain uh <clears throat> i don't know people have the, this kind of inherent bias not, i don't not inherent but they have a, a lot of people have this bias against freestyle and it's just because they're not familiar with it you know in the united states we grew up with folk and 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 people have a People have an affinity to that. So when <laughs> there's some people that, when freestyle comes around, they'll use uh, they'll use a bad call to be like, "See, this is why I don't get down with freestyle because there's too much subjectivity." Well, bullcrap. It's there's subjectivity in every sport. There's subjectivity in a ball and a strike. Um, yeah. And you just have to you you have to deal with it. And like Marable Marable Schlater. Uh, 50% of people are going to go one way and 50% are going to go the other and you have to you have to deal with it. You have to deal with um judgment calls in every sport. But I think what you're getting at is uh you 
like you cannot accept just rampant um, ineptitude. Ineptitude, if that's a word, and I think it is um, because you said it. So wh- I'll get to. I can't get into everything because this is not a nine-hour show. But I will get into the thing that that infuriated me the most, and it was um, it was myself and Richard Immel on the call. It was, I believe. Um, Travis Rice and Ty Pilot. It was match number two, okay. <laughs> and this is a this is an under the radar match, and it was didn't have the you know it wasn't a Ramos Cologne. It was a UWW Junior Greco um, World Team Trials, mind you. This is for a World Team spot, okay. Um, but it was still a, a very big match, okay. And I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna bog you down with all the details. But here's the thing, and if you're not super familiar with the new Greco rules, the way it works. You get a passive warning, then a point. Passive warning, then a point. Passive, and it goes like that for infinity. Okay, and the way it worked, wrestler A had given up um, a passive warning and a point. Okay, so he had given up one, but at the time he had criteria. Time was running out in the match. Okay, and they threw up another passivity on this kid, which is the third. Okay, but they give the point. As well. So it should have been the warning, but they go warning and point for the third one. Now, okay, that's terrible. I'm watching a little closer, and we, the way it works when you're commentating, we were seated next to the judge, okay? There's the mat official, there's the judge, and there's the chairman. And the mat official knew, and I know that he knew for a variety of reasons. One, we could see his score sheet, and he had <laughs> marked it properly, okay? Two, he almost wanted to say something like they were kind of um, the official and the chairman were like a little confused and um, he knew it was wrong. Right. Like he kind of stood up. He kind of almost. But he never said anything. OK. He didn't say anything. And the other two got it wrong. They give the point erroneously. There's there's no basis for, for the point to be given. Um but they give it anyways. The judge knows they've scored it wrong. Now, it's sad that I, I can get the mat official. He doesn't have it oh, written. You, well, here, I mean, you're, you're digging in deep in this one match. But go watch the uh, <clears throat> go watch the Hall-Nolf match where it was just – I think the, the file that uh, um, finally went up on, on Flow Wrestling was like 18 minutes long for a yeah. six-minute match because there's so many challenges. And the challenges – some of them were stupid. Some of them, uh, like, uh, when I say stupid, I mean they shouldn't have to challenge these things. Like, the yeah. refs just didn't mark the score. Right. Like, they didn't see an actual score happen. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, like you said, you're next to the, you're next to the official, and you're like, listen, this just happened. You didn't mark it down. And, and the, you know, a lot of these officials are, like, arrogant. Oh, like, my gosh. You... They don't want to admit. They don't want to. They're like, they're, like, motioning to Kale Sanderson, like, Go sit down. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and they clearly don't know what they're talking about. And, all right, you tried to stop my story. I don't know why because it's just getting good. So this judge, like, kind of stands up kind of – so then later this same judge is in a chair for – and the, almost an identical situation happens. And then all of a sudden he gets up and he walks over there, and then they hash it out and they get it right. So sometimes he thinks it's okay – to get it right, and they're like, hey, let's conference this. There's a world team spot on the line. And then sometimes they just sit there um, and don't do anything about it. So I was I was completely furious, and Richard Immel 
um, who, you know, pretty even keel guy, was like, this is, you know, this is Ian Miller-esque. Um, that's, that's the level that he's getting hosed. And I will tell you one thing. Nothing gives you more confidence on a broadcast than, than having Immel with you for, for, for Greco. Because he knows the ins and outs of the rules, I promise you, better than 85 to 95% of the officials. Like, he knows, he watches a ton of international wrestling. Immel knows. And at that point, I really knew what was going on because I had talked a lot with Immel about these rules. So he knew it was way, way off, and they completely just hosed this kid. The coach tried to challenge it. Uh, he gets a yellow card. He can't even talk. He's, he's like, uh, stunned. So it was it was really frustrating for me. It was one of many, many moments. Um, so you saw some BS in the Nolf. Hall match where I mean ultimately the- at least I you know you feel like that match the better guy won, um, but it was out of control. Well, all the junior finals I I, I only uh, called the junior finals so the, I mean those were the matches I was really dialed into and uh, and yeah there was some really goofy things going on but you know the problem is <laughs> they it's it's tough to find officials apparently. I mean, and if you're going to see, a lot of these guys are veterans too. They've been, they've been um, officiating for 20 years. Right. And it's like this fraternal thing. Oh yeah, it's and it's and you can just see ever. it. You know, I don't want to bang the officials, but they need better guys, and they need uh, like when they're assigning. Like the finals. I mean, this is this is to sit in the world team trials finals, and this is for Greco's to make the world team. Uh, like, assign your best guys because some of these guys are just aloof. Yeah, yeah, and then you've got some of these guys that are kind of what you're describing, sitting from the chairman spot, and they're not supposed to say really anything. They're like yelling at the mat official, telling him what to do, this and that. Like the the mat chairman is supposed to just kind of sit there and not do anything. He's like. Being the mat official and the mat chairman simultaneously, like it, it was bizarre. I I was, I, I mean, left. there's I don't know how I, I don't know if I could do it. Like if I'm the official on the mat and I make a call or or anywhere, if I you know if I'm the judge or the chair, some of the stuff that they hold up and some of the stuff that they call is so absurd that I would just want to take the reins and just be like, listen, did you do you understand what the what just happened? Yeah. Because it, I don't think you were even paying attention. I think you might have been texting someone. You think that having three um, officials is like you know gonna make things better, or but if you don't have competence across the board, you're you're just like one swing vote away from things getting royally screwed up. And I think I think we're seeing that. And you, so you got the three officials, then you still have the challenge system. Um, man, it was. And it also you know it also hurts the pace. And the presentation. Oh, bad. And uh, uh, Mark uh, Hall uh, talked about that, how I bet going forward uh, the Penn State corner is probably not going to challenge as much, even though they won the challenges, just because Nolf's such a high-motor guy. Yeah, and that it, was a, that was an odd match, and I even – I mean, I don't know if I contradicted myself, but um, during the match I said that each corner probably wanted to continue the, to, continue to wrestle the pace yeah. uh, for different reasons. One, you know, Nolf, because he – He's so good with pace, and he and he uh, excels when other people get tired. And Mark Hall, because it it seemed like he was a little stiff in the beginning, and he kind of had to get in the rhythm of the match. Um, but yeah, that match was broken up 
horribly by by all the challenges. And even in the one uh, situation, I say on air, I'm like, they're you know, they challenge something and then they get it right after they video review. And I'm like, okay, so there it is. The referees confirming what everybody on planet Earth already knew. Right. So like, I mean, it was just. And then you've got another three minutes for them to put the score on the board right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, that it was a, that was a frustration. I hate to lead with a frustration, but whatever, we're going to. It's our all show. Right. So we just there's all these things at the U.S. Open. We just spent 15 minutes on officials. Let's talk about the actual wrestling. Let's do it. A um, lot to get into for for the actual wrestling. Do you want to start with um, you know you you know some I told you so's. Yeah, let's talk about I told you so's. Uh, how about you first? You want me to go first? You can go because mine's basically the entire tournament with with just a few exceptions. <laughs> you knew everything. You didn't even have to go. I don't think. No, I didn't even. Yeah, no, I, no need. All right. Well, no, nah, these two. Yeah, these are these are two pretty big ones for you. I called her. I called Herbert. I called Reese. I don't think those are two. I think we had different, right? The, those were two. Well, and uh, you had Jo. I had Metcalf. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and honestly, I'm not. You know, I went Coleman. You went Reese. But I mean, what? I mean, it's kind of six in one, right? And uh, you, you it were, is. you, you were right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're pretty. That's a. You you no, hadn't I even watched. When's the last time? All you were going on was that Coleman didn't look good at World Cup. When's the last time you even saw Reese wrestle? I mean, it was just kind of a. I don't know. I, I give you, I give you, you credit. You don't even have to. You don't even have to. Now listen, I love Coleman Scott. Love him. But you could not have seen him at the World Cup and said he's going to put together four or five matches where he's flawless, like where where he's going to put it together and win the U.S. Open. There's no way that you could have seen that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he did I mean, wrestle. He, he said got, it with any sort of confidence. He wrestled back for third. Um, th- Thought he did fine. Um, Yeah, I'll give you. Herbert. I'm curious, why why did you think Herbert was going to win? Why did you think he was going to beat Ruth? I I feel like him beating Gavin, he's beaten Gavin quite a few times. But what what made you so confident? Because you were confident in Jake. Um, I'm a body language guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I I'll just say it. FPL, FPL. Even though he lost, um, sure. I knew. I knew before I, I can't say you can't say you know you can't say you ever know no so I didn't know, but I saw Jake leading up to the FPL match, and he's just not making a comeback because he's chasing. No, <laughs> you know not we chasing. call them chasers when people refuse to give up the dream. Like Jake, it was not. Well, Jake was not there because he was still reliving past glories. He was serious. His look on his face, the focus he had, and then he went out there on the mat and gave Ruth fit. Yeah. And I just felt like I just felt like after that match and heading into the open that Jake is going to have a lot of confidence and Jake's going to figure some stuff out and Jake's going to be fine and and that's why I was very confident that Jake would win. He looks physically um, I don't, did is he wrestling at the? I mean, it's kind of hard to say after one tournament, but I, I came away feeling like Jake might be wrestling as well as he ever has. 
Um, I, I like that, that's I thought, possible. Man, Jake, Jake's as good as Jake's ever been, or yeah. better than ever he's ever been. And and we know, you know, when Jake's really clicking, you know, he's been second in the world before. He's. Been I think a, he's moving better. Moving. I thought he looked much stronger, and I think he wrestled stronger. It wasn't like aesthetics. But like, you know, I thought when, he looked when like people put on when people like he's more ripped than he's ever been, right? And he's more jacked he's than he's ever bigger. been. bigger. Yeah, he's and, bigger and, and still so cut. So most of the time you put on muscle like that it, and it slows you down or makes you less um, agile. But Jake's, I mean, he's not only bigger, he's moving better. He's yeah. more fluid. Well, hey, he's, listen, this is a guy who swears by the program he's in, um, th- this base wrestling thing. I mean, he swore, he swears by it. And he has, before he's had this success, and he's continuing to say, hey, this is why. This is why the Russians and the Cubans have success, and we're bringing it over here, and our system is the best system. And you know what? He's kind of a, a great – he's kind of living proof that what he's doing, and also he swears by you know his strength and conditioning coach as well, that this is how you become a great wrestler and how um, you can win at a high level. And he's beating Ed Ruth and, and Keith Gavin and – Kind well, of. he has a he has a big one here with uh, Salas coming up, so at, that'll be, that'll at, be an interesting match. And Salas is someone who uh, has done. I mean, I forget. And this was a this was this was literally years ago when they wrestled. But man, Salas tore tore him apart. Just mm-hmm. uh, abused him on an athletic level. Like it was just like Jake would get in on shots, and Sa- Salas would just. Salas is a freak. It's very difficult to finish on him. Yeah, but I like, especially when he's, he's trying those, to cremora you and destroy your rip your shoulder out like he did. Ed he's Ruth one of those himself. guys. There's certain guys when there's certain guys when you get in on shots on them, and, and, and like they're few and far between. But there's certain guys when you get in on a shot on them, you're almost like, oh no, this is gonna end up bad. <laughs> yeah, <And> especially <laughs> like, Jake's single leg. You know, he's kind of it's it's not a quick crisp finish. He single leg. A little mm-hmm. extended, come out the back door, um, you know. So, so we'll see. That's that's an area that he's going to get to that Salas will probably let him get to, and it'll come down to, you know, him getting finishes, and that's that'll be the struggle, um, or the challenge, I guess, maybe not the struggle. But man, y- you walk away. Herbert's in the driver's seat, man. He's sitting in the finals now. He beats Ed. He beats Keith. He's in the finals, best two or three, and you know what? Ed did it last year. Mm-hmm. But, but Ed, there, but there's a difference. Ed was Ed was in the process of a learning curve there. So exactly, that's why people may say, "Well, he didn't win last year, and he came back and he won it." But I'm going to tell you, it's different. It's different this year with someone like Herbert. How um, focused? Listen, how focused do you think Ed is? And I'm not trying to say that Ed didn't win or people beat him because he wasn't focused. But don't you think it's a little odd that? Basically, the day after he leaves the U.S. Open, he signs with a fighting club, a fighting organization. Yeah, I think that's a it's a fair question. Not that he's not focused on winning, but you know, you got your I don't know what, what's the expression. Your eggs are in different baskets. Like you're 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 not just hundred percent focused on wrestling, even if that's all your training. You know, he's he's got other. Well, I, you know, I don't think I don't think that. Irons in Ed, the fire. Ed would be, I think it's mental. I don't think that Ed would be better or worse because he signed with Bellator. And like, it's not like he's training. It's not like he's Fighting. not 
training freestyle because he's fighting, I think maybe in the back of his head he's like, well, I'm going to this anyway. I, yeah, that's that's true. That's That could be the thing that's on his mind. He's like, man, I'm going to get paid for real once I start fighting. And he's a, I think he's an excellent prospect. And that people who know more MMA than me seem to think he's a, he's a tremendous prospect for MMA. So that's possible. I, I mean, for so, Jake, this is what he's got. You know, this mm-hmm. is it. And there's something to be said for that. And when you have options, like Edward has options, maybe it's easy to get. Um, but I feel like Ed is a guy that just because his body language is such, he always kind of gets looped in with, you know, Not focus or yeah. lackadaisical. But he's been like that. And he just I mean, let's, he, he let's wrecked be real. people um, for four years in college. Let's be real. Ed didn't wrestle bad. No. I mean, he just got, you know. That one scramble, he just got. He lost scrambles. Ed lost scrambles. He lost the scrambles and those kind of, um, those freestyle specific situations. Let's call them. Absolutely. Um, and will that be solved in a month or less than a month? Really, uh, we'll see. Um, all right, let's do this. Set a Vegas line, Herbert, uh, to make the world team. What do you think? Is he minus? Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He he has to be beaten twice. Um, I don't I don't know I don't think I mean he he'll, the odds are he beats Gavin right. Well, who for Ed? No. Well, well, yeah, but is right. it, is Gavin going to make the finals? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. It's Ed and Ed and Gavin. So if Gavin wins, Jake's proven you know to have the upper hand there. Right. If Ed makes the finals, do the odds drop for Jake? They yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a lot tougher. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You applaud applaud Jake for winning, but at the same time, um it was a close match. It was a close like like it came down to flurries, it came down to scrambles. Yep. And we'll see. Um, Ed may just turn down and give away the so I'm taking credit for Herbert and Reese. You're taking credit for who? Everybody in the tournament? Yeah, just just the rest of the tournament, I guess. No, um, in all seriousness, my sleepers did really well. Um, you know, guys that were maybe a Anthony little— Anthony Valencia, we could talk about him for an hour and a half. Yeah, I talked about him. You said I... that he could do very well. Yeah, he did very well. Um, just a man. Dominated Tyler Caldwell. Scored four points on— uh, 4-0 lead on Andrew Howe. Had a 4-0 lead, but the— not that Valencia is gases, but just Andrew Howe puts you at a place where you've got to wrestle really hard for six minutes. And I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that Anthony looked like he was in a lower weight class against Andrew Howe. Oh yeah, I mean Howe's bigger. I mean, so Howe's got- Anthony goes out there. Anthony goes out there, hits a shrug right away, and he's in rear standing, and it's like he's tiny. Like, it just looked like two different weight classes. But he, man, and that was one uh, area of hesitation I kind of had with him. I was like, yeah, he, he bowls over a lot of good guys. But, man, when you hit those hips, is he does he really have the power? to? And he does, man. His power is unreal. It's unreal. And, you know, he's probably going to get bigger and stronger. He's going to get in a college strength and conditioning program. Uh, it's kind of scary. And he's, you know— he belongs at that with the seniors, man. He he really does. Well, I think from what I'm told is he's going to wrestle seniors at the trials. Yeah, and that's uh, 
I don't know. I I, I think I I would love to see for, from a fan perspective. I want I want to. I'm happy to see him in either, but I want to see him and Hall in freestyle. And not sure why he's skipping. You know, he hasn't meddled at Junior Worlds yet. You would think that'd be something you want to accomplish. And maybe you go for seniors next year, try to make the Olympics. I mean, it's not like it's a. He's not going to be challenged at 74. He's going to have to beat the. I mean, we just saw that weight. It's crazy. He's got to beat the Nolfs. He's going to have to beat, you know, maybe a Chance or Chavez, Daniel Lewis, just to get to Mark Hall, who, by the way, uh, dominated him in October in folk style. So I, I think it's. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just like Pete, like, in my opinion, um, he should be wrestling juniors. Uh, he, can, he can win a junior world title. Um, and for, for as good as he did at the senior level at the open, I mean, winning the spot over Dick Taylor, Hal Burroughs is like not very realistic. No, um, it's, uh, he's, he's going to have a very respectful, but he's going to go down in Madison as an also Ram. And why be an also Ram when you can be the guy and Winning no, a junior title that, is not a is not a uh it's it's not a JV tournament, man. I the, don't, I, J- junior Worlds is amazing. It's incredible. Junior, junior Worlds is like <clears throat> future stars. I mean, those are the guys that end up. Being, I mean, yes, Danny Chiridi, the the Iranian seventy. Well, first he just beat Nick Marable, right. um, and I think he is he he's like ranked number one in the world. The guy yeah. that beat Pico, right. And he won Junior Worlds a year ago, so it's not like. And Aaron said this in his interview. It's like it's it's not a. Aaron's like it's yeah, not a Aaron, big difference. Aaron in his interview rattled off all the accolades on the senior level of the four placers of the four medalists in his weight class last year, and they're amazing. Yeah, you know. Uh, and the the, Jap- the Japanese the guy guys, from, awesome. the guy from Japan took seventh at Senior Worlds. Um, yeah. they they all placed at you know. Is Donnie Chiridi is ranked number one in the country in the world. So and uh, you know who else did it? Uh, Asgarov, after he beat Steber for the title, he won the Olympics the next year. Yeah. So it's like the, it's not. So uh, listen, so that's junior why I, worlds. Uh, people, uh, American wrestling fans should get on board. I think they're <laughs> starting to. They should, they should get on board that Junior Worlds is one of the world's awesomest competitions. Yes. And speaking of speaking of that, um, you know, people get so caught up. People love college wrestling. Mm-hmm. People love college wrestling. Amen. Uh, and and places are packed for college wrestling. NCAA's is packed, right? Yeah. Conference tournament, Big Ten's packed. Um, but frankly, wrestling at the U.S. Open is better wrestling, <laughs> and and nobody shows up to watch. Yeah. And you could say, well, it's in Vegas. I mean, what do you, <laughs> whatever. I just, I, I mean, I guess what my tangent is, my, my tangent is, go watch the best wrestling in the world or in the country. Yeah. And uh, in the world, and in the world, go to world championships. Like, I'm hoping a lot of Americans turn out for, uh, for Vegas this year for the world championship because there ain't nothing like it. No, there's not. And it, is it disappointing that people don't come to the open? Yeah, but I, I just, you know, people can't. People don't spend a week in and don't take their family for a week to Las Vegas to to watch wrestling. Watch wrestling. Just, you yeah. know, it's just 
it's you need to have it. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not saying it shouldn't be in Vegas. I'm saying if if you're really looking for attendance, you can't have it there. I mean, that can't. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, I don't know. But man, if you're gonna, you can go to the U.S. Open and you can walk amongst, um, Kale and John Smith and t- t- you're gonna walk by Terry Prince at NCAA's. You're gonna see him on the floor. You're mm-hmm. gonna walk by. You're gonna get on the elevator with, you know, <laughs> these guys, these legends. Um, and you know, that's a little. It's a little weird, almost. It's like, man, these guys are almost too accessible. Like I'm walking by. I'm like, man, anybody could be walking by these guys. Um, they kind of should be a little separate. But at the same time, if you're a fan and you want to see these guys, you can walk right by them. Uh, it's there's. U.S. Open's a spot to be. Um, so there's a, there's a, yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think more people should go. I think more people would love it, um, especially when there's juniors involved. And, and I've heard I've heard complaints from some people saying, um, well, they're, they're just not that into Greco and women's, and they just want to watch free. Well, perhaps if you went there and watched Greco and women, you wouldn't be totally enamored 100% of the time, but you would you would start appreciating other styles. Yes, yeah, and that's something that, um, you know, it, it wasn't an inherent passion of mine, Greco, before this job, and now I, I have a, I'm, I'm not, I don't just appreciate it, I'm a fan of it, I love watching it, and, um, you know, w- once you start to understand the, the idiosyncrasies of the sport, and you get to watch guys bomb each other and there were some bombs if you watch greco let's talk about let's talk about our greco guys for a minute our our greco stars and I, I don't know they looked amazing robbie smith looked amazing andy yeah. b only wrestled one match but he looked amazing jordan home looked amazing yeah um i'm really excited for those three guys and I, uh and and other guys spencer and, and harry lester um now the 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 question always is, are they good on the world level, or are they just so much more dominant than domestic competition? And well, Andy Bisek's good on the world level, that's right, for sure. Right. But I mean, it's been it's been pretty much proven that over the last couple of years that our number ones aren't, aren't you know aren't world medalists. Um, but that they dominate, you know, everybody in America. But I think just looking at their skill set and looking at the improvements they made, Robbie Smith was doing some really filthy things. Robbie Smith got better. Jordan Holm got better. It's not just like they're winning and dominating American competition because um, they always have and they're the same old person. They improved drastically. Yeah, and um, it, it really sets up for a dramatic uh... – you know, conclusion to the World Team Trials in a couple weeks here in Ithaca, New York. And we'll be, we'll be there. I'll be there for that. And yeah, I thought I thought they looked great. I thought our big guys, they they're showing that separation there. I mean, Robbie Smith. I I really thought I did not think Adam Kuhn was going to beat Robbie Smith, but I thought, oh, well, Robbie's not going to pull his head down and and pinch him and and you know just physically overwhelm him. Well, he kind of did. Like he dominated Adam Kuhn, who is junior. When we were talking about Junior Worlds, he was Junior World Bronze in Greco. So he's not just some good wrestler that you throw in Greco and oh he'll be good. This guy has 
Greco chops, and mm-hmm. um, he he was not close. So I, hey, what do you? So we, I mean, there's a lot to digest from the U.S. Open, and 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 we'll take all that as an Im- and import that to what we feel about World Team Trials. I know you have an article um, that you're working on on U.S. Open reflections, and we look forward to that. Um, but what do you make of? I think this should is a point that should be uh, illuminated. Um, what do you make of? The U.S. Open and the World Team Trials format, n- as far as weigh-ins a- a- and schedule, not paralleling that of any international competition. In that, you weigh in the night before, you wrestle some matches on day one, and then there's a, you don't weigh in again, and there is matches on day two. Well, that I means there's never a day two tournament. Right, and in the World Team Trials, there's not. It's over different days. But one day you'll have 74 kilos, and then the next day you'll have 86. So for the World Team Trials, it does somewhat simulate. Now you've got a guy sitting in the finals. That doesn't simulate. But, yeah, for the World Team, for the U.S. Open, um, you can't say it, it, we're really simulating it. When guys are making weight Wednesday, wrestling Thursday, wrestling the finals Friday, and they don't have to make weight again, I mean, I, I shudder to think what some of these guys are weighing. And – You'll say, oh, well, it's not the trials, whatever. But someone is getting a final spot to um, the trials by from this tournament. So it, it needs to maybe parallel it a little bit better that we don't have guys 30 pounds overweight. And, I mean, you could see some of these guys are absolutely ginormous. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like that idea. I don't like that um, we're not really – Simulating you know, it properly, and you hey get get this. So Although I do like, I, I I really like the improvements that USA Wrestling made in its presentation. I thought it was now the weigh-ins aside. I thought it was really fun to have the tournament on one day and the finals the next day. Uh, I really thought that the venue was much better with an arena as a player as opposed to like a warehouse situation. Um, I, I think I think. USA Wrestling is starting to really uh, do better at the presentation of their events. Right. And now one thing, you know, I I forget who I was talking to. Someone that, uh, you know, I had a conversation with USA Wrestling leadership that they don't want to go. And we talked about how U.S. Open champions in at like 74 and 125, and this really only pertain, pertains to David Taylor um, because Tervell won the U.S. Open. But with the guys that are sitting in the finals already, Burroughs and Tervell, there's no incentive to win the U.S. Open. And mm-hmm. so we were saying, well, they should sit at the end and face the winner of the mini tournament and then wrestle Burroughs. Uh, and they said that, well, that doesn't really simulate uh, world competition. Um, true. But the U.S. Open doesn't simulate world competition. And it has trials impact. So that that um, response really I'm, didn't I'm hold up for, for me. I'm all for world medalists sitting out. I am too. I am too. But I'm all for incentivizing U.S. Open participation. Yeah, and I mean, um, the one the one key figure that you have to think about, and let's let's get into this a little bit, is is Kyle Dake. Yeah. Um, I, I the question has to be asked. It, it would have been better if Dake was there. Duh. <laughs> you know, if for 
for fan purposes, for attendance purposes, for uh, the marquee. Um, and the rules are what they are. If you win Northern Plains or um, one of the Northeast, regionals, Northeast regionals, you get in. But it has to be asked, like, did Dake? I don't. I don't want to. This is going to sound bad because I no ill will to Kyle Dake whatsoever. Um, and he and he did what he had to do. But did Dake kind of take the easy way out and and go into Northeast regionals? Yeah, and why wouldn't he? Because why why would I wrestle the U.S. Open when one um, I've been off the mat for so long and may not have a performance representative of of what it really is. Two, he's gonna whether he wins it by tech falling everyone or he you know does poorly he's gonna have to beat taylor and how and then burrows uh so so what's the difference if you think at it from a practicality right. so standpoint from, yeah from a logical standpoint why would you not it, take the i mean why from a logical standpoint he probably he did the right thing now um it's not like he, he has a history of taking the not the right thing but the smart thing um and if but, you say that i mean it's like uh, it's and it's one thing in, in wrestling wrestling mentality it's like it's kind of ingrained you take the you know you just do the hard thing and you do it but Kyle Dake's doing the smart thing and he took the smart route now, now and, here's the question though here's the question looming as we go to the trials and it's a big one in my opinion how do you seed them well David Taylor kind of he he feels like he he knows what the seeds are going to be because he said he's like well I'm gonna have to beat Dake in the semis, Howe in the mini-tournament finals, and then Burroughs. So he seems to think that he'll be the four in the mini-tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And then I would suppose, shoot, I guess it would be Howe, the two, and Valencia, maybe the three, and Dake's going to be the four or five. And that's probably fair. Now, is he the fourth or fifth best I mean, guy? Heck no. On, on, one hand, on one hand, Dake has been out so long. On the other hand... One, Dick has been out so long, and Valencia did play. I mean, the kid plays third. <laughs> Beat Tyler Caldwell. You know, it's right. not like he, you know. A university gold medalist, world gold. So, uh, on the other hand, don't you think that USA Wrestling tries to get Dake on the other side of the bracket as a three? Um, yeah, I mean. Or, or, even, or, even, or even don't you think that just Dake flat out deserves a three? It's tough. I mean, it's been a long time since he's notched a relevant that's, win, right? right? That's the dilemma. It's that's so... the dilemma is we all we all know how good Dake is or could be. Here's the thing. But he ha- but but he's been out so long. It, it, but, I mean, it'll all wash out. Between there's a difference between what we what what most people think and what someone deserves. Right. Um but the thing is with a mini tournament, I mean, it's just you're just trying to get the guy the best guy to burrows mm-hmm. and that's gonna ultimately happen um it, it's you know whether day wrestles him taylor here or there or um whenever it happens i feel like it's not it, it's different it's not like burrows is in the bracket and you need to separate it really intelligently and you don't mm-hmm. want burrows to hit you know dake in the quarters or something like that. it's get the best guy to burrows and that's gonna happen you know Taylor or Dake or Howe or whoever is going to get to Burroughs one way or the other. So if for, for that reason, I don't really lose a lot of sleep over it because Taylor's going to have to beat Dake or Dake's going to have to beat Taylor and Howe in some sort of order. And yeah. 
I understand that. Point. Does how I'm now, a dork. I'm a dork, and I like to seed people and rank people. I'm I just after your opinion on, on, what the pecking order should be, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm ranking it just based on who I think is the best, I put Dake, um, at you know, I or if I'm seeing it based on logic, just like wh- how I view the wrestlers, I would put Dake at the two. Okay, and Taylor at the one. I feel like Taylor's earned the one. He's wrestling. He just won the U.S. Open. He deserves the one. I feel like Dake is better well, than even, Howe. Okay, so but let me ask you this though: Why not Howe the two? Okay, Howe the two, Dake the three. Whatever. I mean, Dake beats Howe. He's beaten Howe several times. So well, uh, I that's that's yeah, why that's why I think ago. that. Yeah, two years ago, Dake's. I think Dake's better. I think Dake. If Dake's Dake, he's gonna win the mini tournament. I think. That's probably gonna happen, but we'll see. We'll see. He's got to beat Taylor and Howe, and he would either have to beat Taylor and Howe or Howe and Taylor. So if I'm Kyle Dake, what what's really the difference? You know what I mean? I know. I know. We're, I'm just. Well, I'm, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I'm just argumentative purposes. Okay. That's what we like to do around here. That's argue. that's right. So I'm um, cool so wherever they put him. How about there was ton. There was a ton of stuff on the junior level, and and you kind of look at these guys and and make mental notes or maybe even physical notes yeah. on you know their progression and keep a guy keep keep an eye out for this guy in college. Any eye openers in the junior level for you? Um, of course, of course. Um, I a lot of eye openers. My eyes were were opened in full to Dayton Fix. And I, I could talk an hour about the, the tournament that guy had. Um, but um, under the radar, or maybe not under the radar, whatever you want to call it, two guys come to mind that are going to be college guys soon, because I look at things through college lunch, or they're already there. Um, Archie Colgan and, mm-hmm. um, and and Anthony Kasser were two for me. That And, and Colgan was a guy I knew he had some pretty good chops. At, but, you know, I watched him a lot his true freshman year, which just finished. And he was, you know, it wasn't a lot to Archie get. Archie Colgan looked great, didn't he? He looked great. Um, beat, and then, and when and when we're reflecting on that kind of at at the U.S. Open, you're saying, well, he didn't have a great. So this college. says to me it, it was a it was a year of growing pains, and they needed mm-hmm. him to wrestle at 57. And it says to me that this is um, there, there's good things coming, because mm-hmm. you factor in um the pedigree. You factor in what I just saw him do to Micah Jordan and Alec Pantaleo, two guys that I – Pantaleo is having college success. Micah Jordan will have college success. And say what you want about Micah's freestyle acumen, whatever. He Colgan got legit takedowns, and takedown's mm-hmm. a takedown. Um, so I think he's going to do well next year or, or in the years to come. He's someone – you know, he's at Wyoming. Uh, they do a nice job of developing guys. So um, look for look for him. Kasser – uh, I just love uh, – he's got a lot of attacks. Of course, I uh, – he wasn't in my redshirt report. I know Marcus Harrington um, is going to be good too. And I came away I, – I wasn't more impressed with Harrington or Kasser in that match. I don't know if you've gotten to watch it yet or if you it watched it. Was it like, like a 15-14, 17 it, it was crazy. It was like – you know, it was one of – it was like a basketball game where whoever has the ball last is going to win. It was like that. It's like, well, that's just when the time ran out. I and did call Casser's. I did call Casser's final, and he was very conservative through the first 
um, period. I think the score at the end of the first was like 2-0. But then in the second period, it was like whenever he decided to shoot, he scored. Every time. Yeah. He's, I, I think he's going to be I, – I was impressed with, impressed with his finishing. So I like Harrington and Kasser both. Um, look for Harrington to do really well for Iowa State next year. Kasser's uh, – let, let's face the facts. He's going to have to wait a year behind Morgan McIntosh. Mm-hmm. He's a 97-pounder, and, um, it, you know, I don't see him getting down to 84 to challenge McCutcheon. Um, but he's going to be good in two – I'll tell you another, uh, another guy that I like. And I liked I liked him going in. I loved his I loved his high school career. Um, I I loved the raw upside of him. And you know sometimes your instincts. Sometimes you watch a guy wrestle in high school, a senior, and your instincts say this guy got a high ceiling. And then they go to college, and sometimes they prove you right. Sometimes they prove you wrong. So this was a guy that I was really looking forward to watching, and. He delivered, I think, is Corey Grigo. Yep, I got to watch Corey a little bit. He was in the Red Shirt Report. Um, I thought he looked good. I like his attacks, and I think he'll do well for Oregon State next year. Another program uh, I like. I like what they do. Before, so I was talking to Kevin Roberts um, about Grigo, and what he told me was, and and this is kind of the same thing. Why we mentioned on a previous show that we're high on on David McFadden. David McFadden graduated when he was 17. He's still got a lot to grow. And Corey Grigo, he's very young. I think he graduated when he was 17, Kevin Roberts told me. And um, they just love what he's doing in the room. Yeah. They, you know, I think Roberts talked to me about him at, at Reno. They're like, he's going to be good. This kid's going to do a nice job. Um, before we keep going, well, let's. I want to get to this. I want to get to, before we get back to juniors, we, we can't not talk about Kyle Snyder and what he mm-hmm. did. This weekend, so I want to get to him. I want to make sure we give him his due on this episode, and then we'll get back to juniors. But how? Uh, I actually let's give ourselves a pat on the back because a few episodes ago we talked about who the number one contenders were at every weight, and we were like ninety-seven kilograms. We both said it. We may have even had a jinx. We said Kyle Snyder. Snyder, if he goes, he's the guy that that can challenge with the best opportunity to challenge. And lo and behold, now, I'm not saying we picked him to win, but we felt like he could. And, man, sure enough, he takes out Varner. And mm-hmm. he beats Jaden Cox in the semis. And, man, what what a performance. And where does this – I mean, a guy to beat an Olympic champion, where does a performance like this rank? And I, I just – I couldn't have been more impressed. Well, I thought that Kyle would have problems. I think we mentioned it in that show – uh, I thought Kyle would have problems in finishing on a guy as big and as strong as um, as Jake. And uh, it turned out that, I mean... Uh, he didn't need to finish. He didn't need to finish. He wrestled a very smart match, very tactical match. Um, a match where he wasn't in on those high crotches. Uh, and so it didn't come into play. Yeah, and, and to, for him... He, he wrestles with such a veteran savvy at what, I don't even know how old he is, 19 or 20, I assume. Um, that that truly impressed me, just how, you know. And, you know, some of it was, uh, did Varner press the issue or was, was Snyder just so good in the hand fight? I mean, he amazing at the hand fight, not just, not just good, that Varner really couldn't get anything going. 
Well, Varner, I mean, I think the nation collectively is like, when is Jake going to start pulling the trigger? Yeah, and maybe this is <clears throat> this is what's going to um, – Could be a wake-up call? A wake-up call for sure. He, he had – I mean, Jake's not like the most like expressive guy. But I, I – you know, I kind of like to look at body language too. And after he lost, it was kind of like, this really, huh. It's kind of like, all right. I, I felt like he was really processing and aware of of what just happened. And I, I wouldn't, I, I think we're, we're going to see him let it fly a little more. And I don't know why he doesn't let it fly more, but that's always, that's always a question you ask with a lot of elite wrestlers. It's like, man, why don't they just let it fly? It's, I well, don't, it's not that easy. Here's simplistic, I should say. Here's the thing. Jake is Jake is big and strong and and everybody sees that, but Jake is also incredibly athletic. Um yeah. especially considering how big he is. But you have to remember and and this is a tough habit to break. You have to remember that Jake's success came in a format where one point won a period. True. Right? So he won an Olympic title where a one zero win at the end of a period, that's a that's a win. Two zero, two one, that's a win. And so you could play it close to the vest. You could play patty cake and pick your spots. And now with this cumulative scoring, you can't play it that way. But it's a hard to break because heck, you won an Olympic title with doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I don't know. Maybe now it's it's a thing where he's like, got to do it, got to open up. Yeah, and I think I think that's what we'll see going forward. And you know, he had such a stranglehold on '97 that it was kind of, um, you know, it, it's hard to say, Jake. You got to make adjustments. You got to, you know, it's hard. It would be hard for him to rationalize making uh, a change in mindset when you've been really successful and you're making the world team. So well, now, it could be argued. It could be argued. I, I mean, that was, that's my point, right? But it could also be argued that he should have figured that out after Worlds last year because he just didn't look right. He didn't look, he didn't look exactly like he knew what to do from a strategic standpoint. Yeah, he, he wasn't pulling the trigger. He wasn't sure if he should push forward. He, it was. If you watch his matches from Worlds last year, they're just kind of odd. Yeah, no, they they were they were, um, so that's a man. Now Kyle Snyder is sitting in the Senior World Team Trials Finals. How crazy is that? And um, you know, I, I don't know if he who's a bigger favorite to make the World Team now, Her- Herbert or Snyder? Got to got to be Herbert, right? Oh yeah, Herbert. Herbert, but man, uh, he just did it. And you know what, JD JD Bergman had. Had Varner dead to rights. He was on my right. sl- he was one of my sleeper picks because he wrestled Varner well and he wrestled Varner well and then he lost. Um, but man, he, uh, he he's right there. So Varner's got a he's going to be challenged to make the finals back to Snyder. But man, it's it, the changing of the guard. I didn't expect it so soon. Kyle Snyder's still old enough to wrestle uh, at the junior level, so um, definitely something to watch so, for. So hey, you know that this is a situation, right? So. If he loses, he'll get a right. special wrestle off. If for... you were right, if you were a junior world medalist, 
And this is why it, it doesn't. This is why Anthony Valencia's decision is so important because Anthony took seventh and did not medal at Junior Worlds. But if you are a Junior World medalist and you wrestle in the Senior World uh, Senior World Team Trials, um, and you don't make the team, whether you win, whether, whether you win or lose, whether you win or lose, I mean, you could win the spot and or lose. Um, you can. Challenge the winner of the junior trials for a special wrestle-off. So let's say Snyder, it doesn't matter. Let's say he wins in the finals or he loses in the finals, and he wants to wrestle in both. Um, he can challenge whoever wins 96 or, um, yes. at, in Madison. Right. Same with Pico could. Um, Anthony Valencia cannot. Um, Joey McKenna. Right. So keep keep that in mind. Yep. So if it doesn't work out, we'll probably see him on the junior world team, which will be obviously what if it, a huge what if, boost to that. And the same thing could have been applied to Pico, which is one uh, other question. Now we just talked about why it it makes sense to wrestle juniors, but this is another thing. If Pico, let's say Pico wrestles in the seniors and wrestles in the senior world team trials, and he doesn't make the team, uh, he could still wrestle off Zane Rutherford and you know make the team. So or I'm assuming Rutherford would win. That 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 feels obvious, or that feels very likely. So uh, it's that's one one thing that is interesting that why they didn't decide to go that direction for mm -hmm. for Pico and uh, and Kalika and the, that decision. So he could have had that option, but he decided not to, and you know he he looked good. Um, let's get back to juniors though. Um, we got four more minutes. Well, We're not going to get a couple everything. minutes, and uh, um. Like I like you said at the top of the show, we'll run it back tomorrow because there's just so much to pour over. Um, so we'll get to some stuff tomorrow. But how about we talk about um, the the junior guys having success? I know you wanted to kind of frame and discuss a fix in comparison to a pico, maybe. Yeah. Well, I just remember in the 2013. Junior you do, or Fila Juniors, Pico wins, uh, you know, a non-sanctioned weight, and he beats Joey Ward in the finals. And Joey Ward was like an NCAA qualifier, and that's what he did this year. He, you know, he's he's a guy, he's good, but he's not amazing. And everyone freaked out, and it was like the craziest thing we'd ever seen. And like, oh my gosh, Pico is the second coming of John Smith and Kale Sanderson and Tom Brands, and he's the most amazing thing ever. And I'm like, well, hold on. Yeah, that was amazing. But at the almost identical stage in their career and age, Dayton Fix um, did it at a tougher weight, um, a sanctioned weight, and he knocked off in three straight matches Ronnie Bresser, uh, uh, an NCAA qualifier, um, Evan Lezak, NCAA qualifier, and, and the, the, the cherry on top, the toughest guy of the bunch, in my opinion, Stefan Micic. He texts him. He texts three straight guys. I mean, to me, that was a much more impressive and, and mind-blowing and holy cow moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the bracket right now. Aaron Pico, this is who Aaron Pico beat when he won a non-sanctioned weight, which is non-sanctioned, non-world weights are always a little thinner. Uh, Pico beat somebody named Brandon Charbonneau, uh, Cole Mendenhall, Topher Carton, and then Joey Ward. Okay, so, I mean, we're – I mean – People went into threat level midnight over that one. Like, that was the biggest <laughs> deal ever. And I'm like, 
Hold, look at, and I'm not trying to disparage that, but I'm like, if you're comparing Dayton's accomplishment to Pico's, uh, that's not even close, right? Like, Dayton, Dayton was far more impressive and against yeah, I mean, better he, he, competition. He, he, you now, can't argue that he had better competition, can you? Maybe, maybe, um, maybe Ethan Lezak isn't a world beater. But no, Lezak, I mean, Bresser and, and Michich, Bresser and Michich are the two that you... Michich is considered one of the top incomers. Um, he was in the finals of this tournament last year against uh, Tomasello. And so, yeah, the, fix, the personnel that Fix beat much more impressive than the, than the people that um, Pico beat. But Pico was kind of a confirmation, I guess. I don't know. I guess. I mean, it um, was great. And then he won Cadet Worlds that summer. We're seeing. I mean, one of the big takeaways from last weekend was all the youngsters that are doing well. I mean, Anthony Valencia proved it. Mark Hall proved it. Jason Dolph proved it. Dayton Fix is like a revelation. And I'll tell you what, I have uh, – it, it sparks a conversation. Um, Spencer Lee is kind of like this otherworldly figure right now in high school wrestling. Um, and Dayton Fix is going to be an accurate. I mean, that's going to be a huge match. And And, and – Additionally, I have the sophomore big board coming out here maybe tomorrow. We'll see if I don't – not tomorrow, Monday. I mean, would you – who would you take as a top sophomore? Would you take Spencer Lee or Dayton Fix? Oh, my gosh. Um, if, if, if any coach gets to make this decision, congratulations. Um, you know, if you ask me – I would have laughed at this question a week ago. I would have laughed in your face if you asked me this. Like, Come on, Spencer Lee. But I think all that it's become now is a conversation. And even mm -hmm. if even if Dayton beats him um, at Akron, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that that would necessarily tip it towards Dayton. Now, right. how, how can you say that? Well, I say that because Spencer Lee pins everybody he wrestles. And, and he turns everybody. He pins, I, mean, I mean, you know, he is Logan Steverish, you know, and – I feel like Dayton's going to win matches at NCAAs 8-2, to two, and Spencer's going to put them away. Now I'm saying this. They're sophomores. Who, th Dayton's going to be pinning people. But uh, that's just how I see it. That's how I see it right now. Spencer. Uh, just because I, I feel a little more certain. But, man, you, you can't go wrong. Those guys uh, are, are transcendent talents. You can probably say that right now as sophomores. What they're doing, what they're able to do um, is tremendous. Willie, we ran over. This is we why did. we're doing it tomorrow, people. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. This was um, this was a long time coming. We're going to be back at you same time tomorrow, which is Friday. That's going to be a great way to usher in the weekend. Still a ton to get into U.S. Open. Russian Nationals. Um, we got a lot, a lot more to get to. So for Willie Saylor, I'm Christian Piles. Thank you so much for tuning in as always, and we will see you next time.